Hey guys, this is Kurt. And Logan. And we're here to talk about Battle Bards. I thought we were here to talk about how you're a terrible father. Pimping out your son. What? 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 Nothing. <laughs> okay. No, Battle Bards is great fantasy audio. I want to know that. Only things I care about are cartoons, balloons, Star Wars, candy, old people's whales, dogs, Pokemon, video games, fireflies. Do you even know what those are? Existentialist paintings. How do you even know how to say that? The sound of forts, <laughs> ninjas, and electronics. Okay, that's a lot to process. Farts? Really? Oh, but check this out. Lord Ardok is a wooden fortique symbol. Bida octo mon farste outwis mon kasabu haudon fu chi tang gali asparos. Ooh, scary! And this. Ooh, impressive. You can't deny this, though. Noal na o lapireta ikarino ilasa zorge, lapilasa do lape turbs benas. Okay, that's very cool. Okay, Logan. So how much would you pay for that awesome audio? Thirteen point two pesos. There's no such thing as point two pesos. Fifteen hundred yen. Five hundred pinks. Republic credits. That's not even real. That's Star Wars, Logan. Well, let me tell you. You go to battlebars.com. You sign up for an account. And not only do you get that premium auto, but you can get a little something from us also. With the 10 and $25 packages, you get one free track with MFGCast1 as your coupon code. Buy a $50 or $100 package and get five free tracks with the code MFGCast2. That's a half of an album for free just for using that coupon code. Could it be any easier? Buy the $150 and $300 packages. Not only do you get most of Battle Bards fantasy audio, soundscapes, music, sound effects, etc., but you also get 10 free tracks with coupon code MFGCast3. A full album for free for using a coupon code from us. You're welcome. I'll just buy that great audio right now. Wait, but you have to you have to ask your parents permission before you buy. This is the MFG cast. Hey guys, Kurt here. And also Dan. And we have a fun little episode uh, that I kind of came up with on the fly. Well, it's not really something I came up with on the fly. We, Me and Dad had an interesting conversation um, last time we recorded. And we were afterwards, we kind of had a little bit of a talk about the some of the games that we were working on. That's, you know, either stuff that, you know, we want to take to other people to have them play or just, you know, something for 
the family or our friends or whatever. So we thought I thought we would have a fun little episode episode called it. Hold on, let me look up what I said because I thought it was brilliant. And now I forgot what it, what I said. So let me let me pull up this amazing shit here. Let's see. I think it was uh, having people laugh at our failures, right? Yes, <laughs> that's pretty much it. <laughs> or what I called it, unfinished business from a non-professional. That's pretty much the same thing. That sounds pretty professional, though. So. <laughs> that is true. That is true. I want to be used that as my thesis. Thank you, teacher. I I thought I thought it would be cool because you know everybody's got ideas. You know, eventually I kind of want to get uh, Paige from Board Games on here too because he keeps talking about how well his uh, game idea is progressing and and some of the things that he's testing and stuff like that. So it'd be kind of cool to have him on and talk about it too. But uh, before we get into that, let's do a little bit of a quick version of now playing. Now playing. All right, Dan, what have you been playing lately? All right, Kurt, what is the most hated game in the board game community? Monopoly! So Hasbro decided to go, oh, Monopoly sucks, huh? Well, how's this sound? What if we infuse it with your favorite shit ever? Nintendo. What if we make awesome little characters? What if we get rid of all those hotels and houses? Huh? How's that sound? How about you suck a Monopoly dick? And that's pretty much what they did, because I don't know if you heard this buzz, Monopoly Gamer Edition? Oh, boy. So it's set in Nintendo. For starters, uh, it's a game, it's a board game that has expansion packs, of course, and as other like characters of Nintendo. So you get five guys in the box. You get like Mario, uh, Princess Peach, Bowser, Donkey Kong, stuff like that. And then they have like eight people like uh, Waluigi, uh, Wario, and Luigi, and the Ghost, and um, Tanuki Mario, and Fireball Mario, and all this shit. Your characters have asynchronous powers. Who you pick actually matters. So you know, like in old Monopoly, it's like, oh, how come the car goes the same speed as the hat? Well, this is different because everyone has asynchronous powers. There's no houses. There's no hotels. Properties cost coins. They have the little gold coins from Mario. There's no money. Nice. Uh, it's actually kind of like Monopoly met Mario Kart. Because you'll attack other players and they drop coins. And then if you pass that spot, you pick up those coins now. And the game works on a victory point system. Because every time somebody passes go, you do a boss fight against all the Koopa kids. And the final boss is Bowser uh, Jr. You fight them by paying a a fee. And then you got to roll a certain number higher to beat them. And if you beat them, you get him. And then all the bosses have reward abilities so you get to trigger a reward action like stealing properties or buying random things or whatever uh on top of all that there's stars on the board that trigger your star activated power and for everyone it's different and you're only rolling a d6 for movement because there's also a special dice you might get three coins you might hit a pal block which makes everyone drop a coin where they are you might hit a red shell so you can choose anyone on the board to peg um, there's a green shell where you just hit the person right in front of you. And then everyone also has all these special triggered things. Like our friend was playing Yoshi and when he gets a green shell, he can shoot it in front of him or behind him. It's shockingly good. There's only two of each color property. If you have both the properties, the rent is doubled. But the fact that it's the little Mario coins, it's kind of like Mario Kart plus a touch of King of New York. It's a shorter board. And it takes like 30 minutes to play because once you go around the board, like once you fight those boss fights, that's it. That's the end of the game. There's an end game trigger. And what's great is 
you know, the normal Monopoly thing is, oh, if you're broke and you have no properties and this and that, you're out of the game. In this one, it actually notes you get to keep playing because you've already had it tough enough. There's no reason for you to be out of this. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's kind of funny. It's like not very Monopoly-ish, but it's kind of like, I think it's like Hasbro was like, just kind of was like, oh, this is the worst game ever? What about this? And they made it kind of designery, where it's like these asynchronous powers and all this other shit. It's really weird. It's been blowing up on the Facebook board game groups. And uh, yeah, I not only did we not hate it, we played two games back to back. And even our friend was like, I want to play this again. I want to use somebody else. Who can it be? So that was pretty dope. That's crazy. So how much is it? Then? 40 bucks. That's a little that's a little much, but there's a lot of involved in it, I, I guess. Yeah, but here's the other thing that's kind of funny. So far, it's it's going to be available at other places later, but it's only available at GameStop. So I kind of traded in two old games and got it for like $23. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so that was even more entertaining. I'm like, I'm giving somebody video games for board games? Neat, I think. <laughs> well, it's weird that they call it Monopoly Gamer when it's just like... Mario, you know, I don't know. To me, I, I think you should they should have just did Mario, but whatever. Yeah, it's it's everything is from the Mario games. Like, there's no like characters like because uh, we played the Mario Kart thing recently. I was like, oh my god, if they have Squid Girl in this, that'll be awesome. <laughs> and it's not like that. It's just like all the you know, like Mario World style stuff. Like they have that Boo Ghost. And I was like, man, if they put a Bullet Bill in this game, that's gonna be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. It, it it almost seems like they're you know taking the gamer aspect of it with the certain powers and stuff like that, but they're also giving it a Lego Dimensions uh, almost type of, kind of thing. yeah. Yeah, it's like okay, well if this works out, then we'll just keep or uh, Amiibo thing or, or Amiibo or whatever you want you want to call it. It's like okay, well here you go. Here's you know here's twenty more packs that are gonna cost you you know twenty more dollars. Yeah, to, you know have special powers and stuff like that. But I suppose. Like I can't, I can't give it too much, you know, negativity because it's like just like anything, you know. You buy a game, you like it as an expansion. You buy it, it adds a little more to it. Same, same design, you know, kind of aspect for it. The other thing that's kind of cool too is, um, like, because board game collectors love collecting. Yeah, there's going to be people that buy every extra character, and that's going to cost them like another thirty bucks or something. But another thing that's kind of cool is the rule book notes what every expansion character does. So if you wanted to, you could just Xerox that and then just go, I'm I'm using this piece, but I'm Tanuki Mario. Yeah. Like you or know, you or you could use your amiibos that you actually have if you have them. Yeah, or you know, or you can put a post-it note on a toothpick and go like, Oh look, this is Fireball Mario, because I don't want to spend four dollars. Like Yeah. I'm gonna do I'm gonna do like the worst drawings of them and I'm just gonna make them instead. I'm not even gonna use the pieces <laughs> that come with it. This is Mario. You know, it's, uh, you know, awesome. How come Mario only has one eye? Because I'm not good at drawing faces. <laughs> yeah, because he got he he hit the lava one too many times. Right. Talking about uh, games that we've played recently, surprisingly, me and Tracy one night just decided we really wanted to play Power Grid, and then lo and behold, somebody decided to walk up and said, "What's this?" And we told Logan, "Well, it's Power Grid." He's like, "That looks cool. Can I play?" We're like, what? <laughs> I like when I think of games that kids should play. I don't. I don't really think Power Grid is like your first step in in games that kids should play. But he got the hang of it pretty quickly, and ended up getting second place behind Tracy. 
just behind or just in front of Tracy, I should say. I, I think I remember Tracy posting that he stomped the old man at Power Grid yeah. or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I actually I actually won the game, which is surprising. Very nice. But yeah, he held his own. I mean, we kind of held kind of held his hand a little bit through it just because it was his first run through, but you know, I won with 17 uh, cities and he won and he was right behind with 13 and Tracy right behind with 12. So, I mean, it's really not a whole lot of it's really not that hard if you think about it because it's just it's managing your money basically is what it is you know you just manage your money to you know decide if you want to you know pay enough for you know the different power plants to power them up how many uh, resources you need or if you want to double up those resources on that on those cities or not and you know where when to buy your houses or your buildings or whatever you know I was going to say, I'm, I'm impressed that, because uh, I know it's also a little bit of planning, like planning out your network. Mm-hmm. For him to, you know, stay in it like that, like it's pretty good, you know? Yeah, and everybody randomly picked their first city. So for him to kind of go through, like, I mean, I think at the end he ended up only only doing one building that was, you know, uh, attached to mine. Otherwise he was able to find his way, uh, you know, around it, you know? Nice. So, I mean, and... You know, there was a uh, you know one or two times where we had to be like, okay, you realize if you spend all your money now, you're not going to be able to do stuff later. And so, you know, it took him a couple of times there to figure that out. But other yeah. than that, you know, because he's he's like every little kid. I want it all. You know, and you're like. So he'll like I was gonna say, did he do like the as soon as the bidding starts for the thing? He's like seventy three dollars, and you're like, you can start at five. <laughs> yeah, you know, luckily he didn't do that. Okay. The part, the part where he got a little, a little bit, was on the housing, because mm-hmm. he was just like, I, I'll go, okay, just because I'm, I'm saying too many things here. So is it houses or buildings? What do they call it? Cities? That probably... I think it's just like yeah, like the cities, because you put generators in the cities. I think. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, basically. So I think that's where he was like, I'm gonna build these many houses, and we're like, well, you don't want to spend all your money now because you don't have enough energy to supply all those houses. Yeah, you know, that's the so balancing act. Yeah, exactly. So we had to kind of talk him into that. So I think that's kind of where he got stuck. Other than that, he did good, you know. But it's also funny too because you know he got he got the glassy eyed thing too, where like you get <laughs> you get the building where it's like this power six. Well, I'm getting that, and you're like, okay, this it's a bidding thing, so you can't just go, I'm gonna get for that because then someone's gonna be like, guess what? I've got a lot more money than you, so I'm gonna get that. Yeah. Or you know? just make you pay more than you have to. Yeah, exactly. And it's funny too because um, usually in these kind of games, I'm usually not that kind of person. But I was Mr. Burns during this whole game. <laughs> I got kind of far ahead, and then at towards the end, you know, Tracy needed some more power plants to power more, and I was like, you know, like there would be like a thirty, I'd be like, I'm at forty, and she's like, what? <laughs> I'm like, I'm like I have the money. You're not going to buy it because I'm going to overbid you, you know? And she was like, you're a dick. And I'm like, sorry. At, at the end of the game, were you like, are you guys saying boo or boo earns? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's it's cool because, you know, it's funny because, you know, I've talked about it before. You know, we don't get out a lot as, you know, as much as we'd like to. Um, I'd like to start going to our local game store a little bit more. So it's sometimes it's harder for us to get in those three-player games, you know, yeah unless it's something that's kind of around Logan's age. So to play something like this and to have him like be, you know, good at it, 
you know, between that and like Waterdeep, it's like cool. You know, it's it's cool to know that you know he's getting in getting to that age where he can play those kind of games. So then you know we're not we're not disappointed when we buy that three player game on accident or if somebody <laughs> throw you know send us a sends us a review and it says three players and we're like. Well, who are we gonna, you know, Skype with, or you know, who are we gonna try to bribe to play this, you know? How long until you teach uh, Logan Captains of Industry? Oh my gosh! <laughs> no kidding, right? That game will be played someday. It's like, sorry, Dad, if you want this, you have to pay the iron price. You're like, oh my god! <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I want a video game. What? On a on a quick aside, because you mentioned um, like Power Grid and everything, our local Barnes and Nobles, uh. Once again, BNN is doing their Red Dot discount sales. Nice. So uh, they had tickets ride for twenty percent off, and we don't have. We picked up the Nordic because that's designed for two to three players. Mm-hmm. So we're like, all right, because I heard like t- tickets ride at the main game kind of blows that two or three player count. Like you really want four or five to have that competitive, like where everyone's vying for stuff and you feel like that tension. Because like when you're playing two players, it's like, well, we're never going to see each other, so let's just build whatever, you know. But we, re- we decided, like, let's pick up one that can accommodate the four to five players. And we picked up the Ticket to Ride Europe because they were both 20% off. And uh, so Kim's like, oh, any particular reason you want the Europe? I'm like, yeah, this way when we can't find the cities, it's not embarrassing. Because <laughs> we, nice. we still suck at geography. So, <laughs> so I, figured, uh, I figured you would get a kick out of that little one. Nice. So. That's awesome. And you know what's funny is people say that about Ticket to Ride, but, like, I played two, two to three player and it doesn't. I don't know. It doesn't. It doesn't seem like that to me. But maybe it's because I have a simple mind and I don't think of those kind of things. But the, the times that I've played, we've had a lot of interaction because it's like, I think we. I think when it comes to me, Tracy, and even Logan, we're we're all kind of like, where are you going? You know. And then, yeah. I mean, and then sometimes we'll try to you know kind of maneuver each other. But yeah. To be fair, like the sources I heard that from is like competitive players yeah exactly and yeah. then and that's where i can see, i can definitely see that you know if yeah. if that's if that's your bag and you're you're really wanting to like take take it over i understand that because then you know four to five players is gonna be a hard thing to kind of skirt around so yeah because i mean like would you say you play tickets ride more than five times a year yeah definitely oh really oh that's cool yeah yeah, yeah I, guys, lo- I like Ticket to Ride. it's it's a nice. lot of fun and it's you know it's it's very easy to play you know it's just you know, get your colors, find your spots, you know, and then, you know, hopefully you don't forget something like I always do, you know, where you're like that one city, that one little spot where you want to put that one train to link it up and you forget the one fucking spot and you're like, oh, that cost me 20 points, thanks a lot. So, no, yeah. I dig it. I don't, I don't, that's one of those games that I, I, I literally could play each month. Uh, it's just so much fun. My, my favorite memory of Ticket to Ride is the first time playing it with some friends. We played five-player, and um, I, I built a pathway that blocked off somebody, and he's like, he's like, you fuck! And <laughs> this guy comes over, and he just goes, Ticket to Ride is a happy family game. There's no reason for you fuck. Just go, okay, and build somewhere else. And then he just walks off, and we're like, okay, then. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> it's that like, is awesome. Thank you, Stranger of Kindness. No kidding. <laughs> I love it. That's amazing. Okay, so um, that's just like a little taste of what we've been up to lately. You know, we, we like to keep everyone waiting to find out. Let's tune in next week for the other games and such. Uh, so to talk about the idea that we discussed, the whole, like, you know, making your own games, the, the little hang-ups we got, 
And uh, I figured I got like a super duper quick outline. Um, generally, like I heard like, you know, if you're kind of like amateur hour and like, you know, making your own games and stuff like, you know, if you want to put something for real distribution and marketing and stuff, there's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like when you want to make a fun game for you, your friends, your family and stuff, there's generally just mainly like four steps. And it's like the first thing is like, what do you want? You know, like you want something quick, easy, competitive, whatever. Like just choose an idea, right? And establish what you want the thing to be, mm-hmm. right? Then it's like prototyping. You know, you're making your bits, trying out your cards, writing your index cards, whatever. You do a little bit of play testing, see how it goes. And then from there, revisions. And then the guy noted, he goes, it's only four steps. The only problem is at the end of step four, it's like go back to step one, uh, step two. <laughs> and then if you get to step four, also go back to step one. And then when you get to step four, back to step two. And, you know, until you're like, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I figure my like, uh, so like with the outline, you know, we we're talking about like some of the hangups and like how we go about this stuff. Like the one thing I, I kind of want out of all my games, like besides the style or whatever, is like. I just want to find a game that I, I can make or whatever where my buddies go, hey, can we play that game that you made again? Mm-hmm. Like something that it gets requested to the table instead of me breaking out and they go, sure, we'll play this. Yeah. You know, so that's like, I guess like that's kind of like one of my driving goals. Kind of along that same line, I think it probably maybe even the same thing is something that's fun. You know, it, you know it's kind of the same along, along the same lines of what you say because it's like when I think of and that, I think that's, I'm kind of commingling certain things, but that I think that's one of my hangups that I get is sometimes when I start making a game, you start getting a little lo- along and then all of a sudden you're like, well, that part is boring as fuck. That's going away, <laughs> you know? And you're like, why did I think about that? Because I think sometimes with anything, especially if it has your name on it, you know, in context or not, I think that you want it to be something that you're proud of. And if you kind of veer from that, which sometimes it happens regardless of what you are kind of going for, you know, it could really, you know, really turn the game into something that you don't want it to be. And so the other thing I figured too is I wanted to try to slip in a little something on this one. I also want to see if we can help like help each other reorient to get these goals and also like give each other like a little of that support group that you need. Yeah. So here's what I figured. If, even if you make the thing and it looks boring as fuck or whatever, just remember, you're an awesome dude, Kurt. You know, you you might have a bad idea here and there, but throw it on the table. Take the consensus. And worst case, you might look at it today and go, this is boring as fuck. But Thursday, you might be like, yeah, you know what? Maybe if I make it actually do this thing instead, it'll actually be really good. You yeah. know, don't, don't worry about burning the idea before you actually get to, like, see it. Because you mm-hmm. never know, you know, that might be the coolest freaking thing in the world. Yeah, you know, and there's some in-line things that we we're talking about, too, that I think is is good. Because, you know, just like you said, and there's other people that have talked about it, like repetition. Repetition is is the key. You know, if you, if you don't truly, you know, tinker and replay and, re-what and rewrite all these different things, it's not going to come to where it's supposed to be. You know, if you just throw up something and say, here it is. It's obviously not going to be good, so you have to, you know, like the things that you said. You gotta, you gotta know what it is. You gotta play the heck out of it. You've gotta, you know, rewrite all the stuff that you think is wrong. You know, because you can tell, like, you know, 
even in doing this stuff, like I know Dan is a, 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 probably a lot farther along in some of his ideas than I am, but right away when I when I do some stuff and I write some stuff down, right away I know in my head like this is wrong. <laughs> I'm gonna write it down anyway because eventually I can make it right. You know, so just just saying that this this mechanic or this art or this piece or you know like you know if you're making a game and you're like you start making a game and you're like okay i got a card game this is cool you know it's got a lot of different pieces guess what it might end up being not a card game so you know just be open to you know thinking you know more than two-dimensionally you know you know think of all the different ways that you can go it can be a curse but it also can be your greatest asset to think of okay you know what exactly is this game physically you know because a lot of times in your head you know what it is in in concept but when you actually start writing it down and making it into your bits and stuff like that you want to be like okay you know could this be something else because maybe maybe even you know making it from a card game to a, an actual board game or you know some other type you know it could be the you know the just that little tinkering to take it to the next level yeah, and like a good example of that is um so like one one thing to keep in mind is like don't always think you have to like reinvent the wheel or like make something like you know if your game is 95% like another game but there's that thing you want that's totally fine. Like you're doing this for you, you know. So an example is when we talked about the idea of the gods in the other games. We were kind of noting like an agricola with gods where you can like build temples and worship gods. If, like, you were thinking something like that, if you're like, oh, man, I wish Agricola had Siege Warfare, like, that would be cool, edit. Like, you know, make the building spots. Like, just figure out what the tiles would be. Just throw them in your game, you know? Like, you can just... A stack of index cards goes shockingly far for prototyping purposes. You know, they can be your chits, they can be your pieces, they can be your player cards. Like, you know, for $2, you can try out a lot of ideas. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's like... And uh, I, I would say, like, one of my biggest hang-ups is I know a lot of gamers care about aesthetics, mm-hmm. you know? Because, like, I, I found, like, in the last three years, I mean, I'm I'm sure print and plays are still through the roof and a lot of people do them, but I barely see that anymore. Mm-hmm. Unless it's, like, a very specific unpub event. Now it's, like... With the rise of the five, six, and seven million dollar Kickstarters and two hundred and ninety-five miniatures included in this thing, and metal coins and linen finish cards, and like everything is like you know like the like scythe, like wood bits, metal coins, upgraded components. When you put out your prototype of index cards, people are like fuck this. Like unless they're a diehard enthusiast to try the new, like to get it, like you know, just like oh man, I dig prototyping. It kind of sucks, you know. It's like because the worst thing is if you're trying to like if you're trying to blind playtest something and people go nope and just walk away. You're like all right. So it's like my biggest hangup is I always feel like it has to look better. So I'll write out index cards. I'll play it one time and be like I need to type this up and print it and then cut it and put it in sleeves like, and that kills my time. Like yeah. that is so wasteful. <laughs> it is. It is, and it's funny because our our local one of our local game stores here has a. Oh, why can't I think of it? Like a prototype day, basically, where everybody can bring their games and get them looked at, you That's know, awesome. and, and get feedback. 
I probably will never ever go there because <laughs> I am scared of bringing something there. Just because, regardless of how good or bad it may be, I'm a pussy when it comes to that kind of stuff. So I would rather have my friends take a look at it. And again, that could be good and bad because you can have your friends that say, you know, hey, this is great when it may be terrible. You know, just yeah. because they're trying to give you that good advice, you know. But you know, you know, maybe I'll, you know, maybe I'll get to that point where you know I'm excited about it because getting that, getting that outside influence is always good because you just never know where you're thinking. A good example of this is the last time that me and you talked, Dan. We talked off mic. We were talking about some stuff. We were talking about a game that I'm excited to make. It's called Apple Orchard and. Uh, uh, trademark nobody take that and uh, you know I was thinking of you know you're working at an apple orchard you're planting trees you're planting certain types of trees you're selling the apples there may be events where things happen like you've got a, a school that comes along and they want to just buy a bunch they're taking up all of your time so then some of your other customers are not taking you know and when I was thinking about this I was thinking you know it more of a, along the euro game scale of it where I was like okay well let's you know, I have a board and some pieces and stuff like that. And then I was talking with you and you're like, well, you know, why don't you, you know, if you could have these cards and these tiles. And I'm like, I didn't even think of tiles. I'm like, tiles is a good idea because it's probably a little more cost effective than bit and little bits and stuff like that. And maybe a little bit easier to procure. And, you know, and it would, it's one of those things where it's like a lot of times you can do that um, analysis paralysis where you're just like your your brain is going one way, one way, one way. You're thinking this, 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 this. And then some other person comes in and they just, they throw something out and you're like, oh yeah. They throw something else in and you're like, well, why didn't I think of that? You know, because sometimes your your brain is kind of going that way. Yeah, and, and see, that's the thing. It's like, um, so what I would say is like that, like, uh, like prototyping play thing at that uh, local game store even though you're worried about bringing something, maybe if you go a few times and play some other people's prototypes, you'll start to ease into where you feel like you can talk to them a little easier and just be like, oh, well, you know, I, I was working on something. I mean, I might bring it next week. You know, <laughs> like mm -hmm. you do that, like you toss the gentle line just to see if anyone bites, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'd like to kind of add on for my biggest weakness for doing this stuff too. And my biggest weakness is my brain. And the re only reason why I say this is because well, it's, there's a lot of reasons, actually, um, is usually when I'm thinking about my game, it's never in the best place. It's like I'm th thinking about it at work when I'm eating lunch or like I'm thinking about it at home when the, uh, Tracy puts a movie on. You know, there's these different types of things where there's so many distractions that I'm not yeah. actually doing the doing the, the thoughts and writing down the stuff that I should be doing. So eventually, by the time the like say my break is over or like the night is over, I'm thinking I should have wrote something down. I have some stuff in my head, but I should have written some stuff down and had some ideas and kind of play with them. At the same time, I'm just sitting there going, "Well, maybe I can do it again tomorrow." The the best advice that I can give, and of course the advice I rarely take, is if you can find a way every day you get 20 minutes to yourself. You know, if you're like, "Hey Trace, like just from seven to seven twenty." I just need that every night just to kind of make this thing, you know. I maybe do that twice a week, even though I know I should be doing it every day. Yeah. I've taken to carrying around, like, one of those, like, little, like, police flip notepads in my pocket at work all the time. So I'll jot down ideas, but the 
the biggest tragedy I always get is like when I transfer everything a few days later to like full idea. I'm like, what the fuck was Vault Jump for treasure? I what what is it? <laughs> it's, it's like I'm like, man, why did I not elaborate that? Like you know. Yeah. Um, of course, the scariest thing was to be like, if it's not even in my handwriting or some shit, it's like, oh god, you know, <laughs> the devil's giving me game ideas. But uh, <laughs> it's written from inside yeah, the house. house yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I I definitely see because like the thing I have is I have a few friends that are always like, yeah, man, like you know, I'll, I'll play test it. But I I do tend to find that I always get like the same feedback. Like one of my friends always wants to help support my ideas. So he's really, like, you know, he's, like, quick to dodge any critical thing. Like, he won't, like, dog anything. And I'm like, no, if there's something that you think sucks, I'm like, if you gave me $20 for this, would you feel you got your money's worth? Or would you be like, eh, I don't know, I'd kind of rather buy the game of 49 Or, you know, uh, like, I'd rather get, you know, like, all my goods or something for that money. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, I want to know, is this something you think is good enough that you would want to play it? Like, you would purchase it? And want to play it as opposed to go, this is a game my friend made. You know? Like, if you didn't know me, would you still think this is good? Yeah, exactly. And then another one of my buddies loves cracking games. Like, he always tries to find the infinite combo or, like, he loves homebrewing every game he plays. Wow. So the problem is every time I show him a prototype, he's like, oh, well, what if this does this? And what if this does this? I'm like, I'm not looking to change it. I'm looking to see is it functional. Mm -hmm. And he it's too hard for him to grasp that. Like, he's always looking for the mod as opposed to, you know, what it is. Yeah. So it's like the feedback in my local group is like a very mixed bag and it's hard to really extrapolate any information. You know, it's like... Because, I mean, there's a lot of... Like, Jamie Stegmeier is probably one of the best resources if you want to look into, like, hardcore prototyping and making your own game. But, I mean, you know, for us, like, we're just trying to find stuff for us to do. Like, you know, we're not really worried about, like, global launches yet, you know. Mm-hmm. But it, it is, like, uh, it is a little hard to get, like, the playtesting in. Like, I would say that's, like, the biggest obstacle I'm facing at times. Because it's, you know, I can't really go to a coffee shop and be like, Hey, does anyone here play Euros? Why is everyone staring at me? I should leave right now, I guess. Like, you know, and it's like, you know, I, I feel like the... Uh, like that enchantress at the beginning of the Beauty and Beast. It's like, if you let me stay here for an hour, you can play my game. Everyone laughs at me, and I just gotta. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's rough, you know. Yeah, yeah, and I think, you know, I think now we're in an age too where I think, uh, you know, podcast and internet stuff is a good resource for that. Yeah. Because you know, you know, I'm sure there's people listening to this now, and you know, they probably have a. Uh, idea in the back of their head and they're like well i just i don't know how to do it you know and we're we're in the same boat obviously because we're we're talking about some of the strengths and weaknesses that we have about stuff like that you know and it's funny because when i think about these games that i'm making you know i i don't necessarily think about it's something i'm gonna make a kickstarter for i'm gonna sell it to somebody at gen con it's like you know the couple of ga- there's a couple of games that i made specifically for something that I think that Logan would be able to play. I was like, okay, well, you know, you know, I did this Space Buck Millionaire card game where I wanted it to be silly. I wanted it to be like a bunch of, like a auctioning game where you're a space hoity-toity millionaire bidding on media stuff, you know? So like uh, the the glaive from, uh, God damn it, why can't I think of it? I fucked it up. Spartacus, uh, Star Trek. Nope. 
Star Wars. <laughs> Atlantis. Uh, nope. <laughs> Crawl. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, like the Back to the Future car. Um, just silly shit like that, you know, but just make it off-brand, you know, just yeah. something to kind of catch, you know, my son and my family just to be something silly, you know. And even sometimes even something as simple as that, you know, it's 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 a lot of work. You know, it's more than you think it is. You know, you can't just, you know, write a bunch of stuff down and think, you know, well, that's it. You know, I wrote a bunch of stuff that people like and there it is, you know, because guess what? We've talked about this before. We've <laughs> talked about this before with a bunch of games on our Kickstarter. You're like, oh, a bunch of, you know, like the only thing I can think of is exploding kittens. I'm sorry for those guys, but, you know, it's like. You know, just because you put something together like that doesn't automatically make it a hit. Yeah. You know, unless of course you're the oatmeal, in which case it does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. See, like so. that's one thing that I find entertaining too, because like um, I still remember using the Wayback Wind Machine to the days of the GNU podcast. <laughs> that used to be a show. Uh, <laughs> uh, talking to the designer of Vampires of Zadal. It was probably the greatest interview I ever did in my life because this guy was not a game designer. He made the one game, and that was it. And it's like, oh, like, what was your inspiration? He's like, oh, man, you know, I made this game, and me and a bunch of my friends used to play it, and uh, people were like, you should put this on Kickstarter. And I'm like, no, nah, I don't think I should do that. And they're like, no, do it. So I did it. And I'm like, oh, all right, cool. Like, what, you know, do you have any plans for expansions or anything? And he's like, no, nah, not really. You know, I just, I just wanted to make that game because me and my friends had fun with it, so I made it. And I'm like, all right, uh, well, like, how did you do this? And he's like, ah, a friend of mine drew the pictures and, you know, we got our art. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, it was like, <laughs> like you know, because most game designers are like, oh, yeah, you know, we we extensively playtested this. And, uh, you know, we went to multiple arts. So this guy was just like, yeah, I just wanted to do it. So I just did it. Like, he was, you know, very matter of fact. I mean, he was cool as hell. Don't get me wrong. But he didn't have the grand ambition to like be the ultimate game designer. He did the, he made the thing that him and his friends loved and then other people started playing it cause they thought it looked awesome and they dug it too. And he just put it out there. Like that's all yeah. it was. Yeah. And I was like, damn, I'm like, uh, that sounds great. Like that sounds better. Like, don't get me wrong to be Eric Lang would be amazing, but that's, that guy's everything. You know, and it's like, yeah. I would love to just be like, you know, that game that me and my friends are playing, played in a coffee house, and somebody goes, Oh, this is a cool, that looks really cool. Where can I buy one? Mm -hmm. Like, uh, the Game Crafter. Here's a link where you can order it. Neat. Like, if that happened, like, that would, like, that would be a grand ambition for me, I would say. Yeah, yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, well, and, and that's another roadblock that I know is for both me and you. It's, it's money. You know, money, it, it takes a lot to make a game regardless of if it's small, big, whatever. You know, talking about, you know, trying to get stuff done, you know, you talk to, we've talked to some game designers and stuff like that, and it's like, well, you know, we did this hundreds of hours of play testing, you know, we did this and that, you know, I put out some hooks here and there to see if an artist would get it, you know, and then, you know, sometimes you have to throw in a grand for art, and you're like, a grand for art? And that's Holy like... Fuck. And that's like low count. A lot of times the art is yeah, anywhere yeah, from yeah. twenty-five to five k. Yeah, it's yeah. bonkers. Yeah. So it, you, know? you know, it's like you know, anybody listening, if you have a good, mm. if you have a good pen and paper, then you know that could be the job for you. But you know, you have to think about these things. You know, it's like, you know, you can't if you're gonna play it with your family, 
you can do cheap art. You can pull something off the internet because yeah. you're not going to get sued for it. If you think about it in the long term, something you want to do, you have to think about okay, well now I'm going to have to I'm going to have to donate plasma, donate blood. I'm going to have to <laughs> start you know, killing people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Run, running people across jobs. the border. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you want, if you want this, you know, this to be fruitful and to you know make it you know more than something that you just play with your all around friends and family you're going to have to pay a, a large amount of coin so you're going to have to think about that well i mean one thing to put into perspective though is let's just say that you do become a coyote and start running people across the border to make some money on the side you might meet some people like you know it's like hey uh since we got a 17 hour drive ahead of us do you guys want to play this game in the back like just be quiet when we hit the border patrol like you just no yelling. It's a very quiet game. But <laughs> you know, free playtesting, you know. Plus, who knows? You might meet some uh, people along your adventures, and then you're like, man, that guy would be really cool in my new game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's kind of like, like a Dead of Winter yeah. thing, except, you know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like... I was going to say, like, you know, to kind of, like, go back a little bit what I was saying before, I would definitely say, like, you know, try to, like, try to throw some ideas into, like, games that are already out there. Like, you know, if I would, like... I don't know. There's just something about that level of like, oh, this is kind of cool and trying out. You can always like, if you got something good going on, you can always throw it on Board Game Geek as like a download for people. Like if you just want to get opinions, like say you like Dead of Winter, perfect example. It has that number system for all the different characters, right? So like, you know, this way people fit or not. Say you ended up sleeving your crossroad deck, right? You can make yourself, right? You take a little picture of yourself, you put it on a stupid little standee, you're like, yeah, that's me, I'm just a head, whatever. Put down what your powers are, and then, you know, make a card for yourself. Write it on an index card, throw it in one of those sleeves with, like, a magic card or something. And then that's your crossroad card, you know? You can put yourself in these games. Like, it doesn't... There's nothing wrong with, like, just trying out a couple of your new ideas. Like, and if you wanted to make a game, you're like... Like we were saying before, like, you know, like, oh, man, I wish Agricola had Siege Warfare. Make what the castle is, decide how you get to attack it, like battering rams and catapults, and then try that out. Like, there's nothing wrong with using that existing games for, like, cheap... Like, you already got those pieces, try them out for your game, you know? You already got these tiles, try them out for your game. Because that, I would say, like, the... Like you were saying, that cost... Because sometimes you get in your head, you're like, oh, man, I want to buy these tiles and get these squares and buy these custom dice and everything else, and oh, man, my game's going to cost, like, $140 to make. But meanwhile, you'd even write out that first page... And that is the worst thing on earth to do to yourself. It's like you're just intentionally slamming your head in a car door for no reason when you do that. You know, do not torture yourself over what can be. Just go simple for starters, you know. Like, you don't need the custom dice. Write down, like, what the D6 results really mean. Like, one is a sword. Two is the shield. Like, it's totally fine to do that in the beginning. Another thing that people can do when they're prototyping is, you know what... And I've talked to Dan about this. You know, I've had to apologize on multiple occasions because he has sent me his game in uh, email form. And guess what? It's you love lot, it, right? It's a, lot, it's a lot of money to print it out. So that's the only reason why I have not played it. And eventually, maybe I'll get to it. So that's why sometimes print plays are hard for you know for different people, especially me because we have this printer that's a nice printer, but it costs... $65 to buy the ink every time you buy the ink and yeah. you can't just get one ink you have to get all of them at the same time for the most part but one one a piece of advice that I say is a, from my experience is guess what go to the Dollar Tree you're gonna find a lot of good 
things there, your local dollar store, whatever you want to call it. You're going to find those little shiny rocks. I can't think of what they're called. Like the acrylic gems, right? Yeah, exactly. You can find those at, at, a, at a dollar store, get about 50 of them for a buck. You can use those for just about anything. You can buy yourself a pack of cardstock, which is only going to cost you about 10 bucks, and you can make those into nice cards that you can just, it doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to make it perfect the first time. Just take a card from a, a shitty game that you want to grab, or even even grab a standard deck of playing cards, and then just outline those, cut a bunch of those out, and then put whatever you want to write down on it and what the abilities are. Pro tip for getting cheap cards that you're going to sleeve up anyway, like just to put your prototyping index cards in, at Magic tournaments, people leave the commons laying around all the time. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Um, another thing, you don't have to sleeve them either. I know Dan, Dan seems like he's really into doing that. What I, what I did is, because um, I got some sleeves on the cheap, and what we do is we just throw in old Magic cards with like paper in front of them. Like If we want it to be a, a game of hidden information, that's how we do it. So this way like nothing oh, is marked. Sense. Yeah. Um, you can if you have good, if you get good cardstock though you can actually just shuffle cardstock as a deck and it's fine. Mm. Um, the other thing too is also uh, like if you do want some like little bits and pieces like so you're like oh man I, I you know it'll just make me feel more professional if I had these little things. The game crafter is awesome because you can buy pieces individually. Like I got for like fifteen dollars I got like fifty white meeples, five pawns in five different colors. Like, um, you know, like these like little like space buck credit tokens and stuff like I just got like basically like a big bag of shit, but it was like pretty cheap, like with shipping. And it was like, all right, cool. Now I got all that junk around. So like when I make things like, oh, pawns are this and this, they're your workers in this, they're cars in this. Like I didn't, you know, I use them as everything, but at least like, oh, cool. I got 20 little different pieces of five different colors. So when I'm making things, I got those, like that's always in this bag for me to just try out my stuff. Yep. You know, like if it don't, please God, don't let people do this where it's like, uh, well, I'm just going to go on like Meeple source and I'm going to get these guys cause they look like engineers. And, the, and it's like next thing you know, you're spending like $193 and it's like, and then you're like, Oh, this game sucks. And then you, and then you, you could have bought like Feast for Odin and like three other games and shit for that same price. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Another thing, guess what? If you're doing this kind of stuff, you may have a bunch of games that have these pieces already. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll, you know, there may be a lot of people that say, you know, I just want to keep them with that game and not, you know, run the chance of them being lost. But you're gonna have lots of different resources that way. Me thinking about my my Apple Orchard game, I have. I can't think of it. God damn it. <laughs> I've got nothing but a fried brain. Imperial Settlers. There you go. I have Imperial Settlers that has a bunch of Apple tokens. So I can use that for ah. my game. You know, just just remember to put them back when I'm done. You know, or either that or put them all in a baggie, label it, put them in a special spot, and then, I, you know, whenever you bring out, bring out that game, you can pop them in. There's always a bunch of different ways that you can find corners to, you know, use stuff for your prototype and eventually, you know, maybe make it into something. So, you know, there's always different ways. Don't be afraid to look everywhere. I mean, Walmart is going to have stuff. You know, your dollar store, you know, your local game store. You know, you, you might even try like, you know, hey, 
going up to you know someone that runs the local game store. You know, I'm just looking to prototypes and stuff or whatever. You know, is there any extra stuff that maybe fell on the floor? You guys, you know, throw away at the end of the week because I'm sure they probably have something that they're like, okay, yeah. what the fuck is this from? Even you like, know? even at like at yard sales, sometimes you find games for like a buck or two. That's you know, right. it's like if you're like, oh, I want some extra cash or something, buy a used Monopoly. You know, it's like if you don't have one because you're like, oh, Monopoly sucks, and you threw it in a fire. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure that YouTube video of you burning Monopoly with its uh, 47 views <laughs> was awesome, but all the same. Because like, um, so I figure this like uh we can like kind of like wrap it up with this right like so take for example that apple archery game right let's just hit like those like little four base steps that i mentioned earlier Mm -hmm. so like the thing that you want from it right like how brain burning do you want to be do you want it to be like lots of planning a little bit of planning like how much foresight like do you want it to be like ticket to ride level do you want it to be like arc right level or like food chain magnet level or like you know like tic-tac-toe level where it's like there you know like yeah. So, like, how strategic do you want it to be? I want it to be crunchy, but I don't want it to be too crunchy. Ticket to Ride, maybe a little step up from that. Maybe, you know, not quite your Puerto Rico, but maybe your San Juan, because even though it's there are two of the you know, similar things and they're in different aspects, you know, you want it to, I want it to be thinky, but I also don't want it to be where we're playing for three hours. Yeah. You know? Okay, so, like, so off of that, you know, you might, like, start out with the design of, like, each turn, players can take one of four actions or one of three actions. This way, it's not, like, ridiculous amounts of planning. It's kind of like, oh, this turn, I'll buy this. That turn, I'll plant that. Mm-hmm. You know, so, like, this way people can, like, figure out a move or two ahead, but the game will keep moving, right? Yes. So then, like, another question is, like, uh, like how much player interaction? Do you want it to be where, like, people can scum each other over or... Do you want it to be more like, oh, well, I'm just trying to build better than you? Yeah, I think I think when it comes to this, I think when you think of Apple Orchards, I don't think you think of, ha-ha! You know? <laughs> I, think it, I think it's going to be more of a thing where everybody has their own Apple Orchards, but it's not, you know, the, the Clements versus the Andersons, that kind of thing. You know, like, get off of my property or I'm going to shoot your face, you know? Is there any chance there can be a card that's like, Granny Smith, bitch! Like, because <laughs> I would love to play it all day long if I could just do that in any game, really. Hey, here we go. We'll do we'll do what Target does, and we'll make we'll make one for um for everyone, and then we'll make the not safe for work one. <laughs> so the gr- Granny Smith bitch is a plenty. <laughs> it's like all your galas are worthless, just like you. It's like ultimate right. shit talking. <laughs> All right, so you figure it's, like, relatively low on interaction, right? Like, you know, you're not cutting each other off at the knees, but you're trying to outperform. Mm-hmm. You got, like, mid-brain Bernie where you're going to offer up a few different choices, right? Yep. So you got, like, your f- basic fundamentals there. So now you can, like, try, like, two approaches. Like, try, like, card style, try tile style, you know? Because, like, tile style, it might be almost, like, a little bit like Carcassonne where people, like, see it building up, and they're like, oh, this is neat, this is neat. Or card style, maybe like tableau style, like, you know, Seven Wonders and all those things where they're like, oh, man, like, check out, like, look at all these rows of these trees, man, like, I'm getting so many apples off of these things. And then over here in the summer harvest, these are going to be awesome. You know, it's like both will work. But the question is, like, you know, which you like you feel better portrays what you want it to be, you know? Mm -hmm. So so now you got your groundwork, right? Literally. Yeah. (laughs) So from here. 
you got to get yourself a stack of index cards and start prototyping this. Mm-hmm. You know, and then from there, I will be more than willing to happy to play test this with you on some Skype or something. We'll find a way. Because <laughs> it's kind of funny. Because ever since you did mention this this last episode, I'm like, I do want to see this now. <laughs> I think it'd be pretty interesting. Because uh, I don't know if you heard of that game Arbitor- uh, Arboretum. I sure I'm pronouncing that one wrong. But it's about, like, you're putting together the rows of trees and trying to score points off them. It's kind of like a trick-taking playing style game. Yeah. But you're actually setting up a physical representation of, mm-hmm. like, your, like, little tree setup. I mean, it's kind of cool. It's kind of neat. But I'm like, I don't really... I'm like, the trees are pretty, but yet I don't feel that they serve a purpose. Yeah. I would love the thing where the trees are just, like, simple, but, like, you're like, fuck yeah, this thing is awesome. Look at how, like, look at how much this is generating every turn, you know, like... I'd rather it be the flip, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, it sounds like you got some groundwork. Definitely. So here's what I think we should do. I think we should wrap this up, and you should spend 20 minutes getting some ideas down and getting this thing busy. No kidding. <laughs> um, I think another thing we should do, because I, I, I like to challenge myself, but I also like to challenge others, and I think that every time we get together, I think we should have a little spot where we just talk about what we're working on. And so then it will actually like make make ourselves gain progress and feel yeah, that we'll, we'll suffer shame if we don't have an update. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we'll be like, okay, so what did you do this week? Uh, you know, and I'm sure there will be lots of that. But but it would be cool to kind of talk about that kind of stuff. So I'm gonna pose a question to you before we kind of go away, um, <laughs> which sounds really rude. I don't know why I said that before we let you go. What are you working on right now? Well, let's hey, let's do this. I want you to name off all the games that you've had in your head that you've been working on or that you've worked on for two seconds and you haven't you've let go. And I just wanna I wanna see them in physical form so we know. And then after that, I want you to talk about whatever game or games that you're currently working on that you're like you have a passion for. Alright, sounds cool. All right, so one thing that I had in my brain for like about a minute, you know those dice and rattle bones? Mm-hmm. I was like, I want a game where these are your workers and you actually roll to see what they produce every turn, like Dwarven Miners. Nice. Because I'm like, that would be the shit where it's like, oh, replace the two coal and put on the three coal. Now it gets three coal whenever you roll that. Like, yeah. that sounds awesome to me. I want something off of that. I don't know where else it's going, but I know those dice are a part of it. So you think it's going to be like, do you... Because you said dwarven, so you just do you think automatically fantasy, or do you think that like ninety percent of my games automatically go to fantasy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this is on space. No, space is dumb. Horses, fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Nice. Um, I like the idea of that. Uh, I have a number trick playing game where it's like the the numbers have personalities, um, and like each number feels like an actual character. Like you'll see aspects of that number repeated throughout that number chain. And it's basically about playing things in spots. And it's just like a simple VP game. Like, you know, you play it here to gain two coins, like steal a coin from another player based on the total sum of this row is what you do. Like it's a little bit mathy, like, but small number math, like the cards only go from one to five. Um, I'm currently, and it's funny because we play tested this one probably about 30 to 40 times. Uh, Kim enjoys playing it. Uh, my friend Smith enjoys playing it. We break it out every so often. Like people actually do kind of request it here and there, which is nice. And, uh, so I started working on sixes, which are like oblivion numbers. Like the sixes are to the destroyers. So they will undo other numbers. 
and in turn now free up spaces where you can play a card there again and stuff like that. Um, so with so with this game, you know, with you, when you're saying personalities, is it something that shows on the cards? If if that's that, that's what you're looking for, or is it just basically we have the numbers, they all have a personality, but they're going to be written in the in the rules and not not seen in the game. It's going to be like um, so. It's actually off of like a real condition that I currently can't remember the name of. I think it's like Synthestasia. Um, again, I'm, my pronunciation is always terrible. But it's like um, sometimes you'll notice in like little kids, they have problems with math, not because of the numbers, but because they, they will be like, no, three and nine do not hang out together. They do not like each other. And it's because they assign like these concepts to these things. And I started like running it off of that. So like ones are kind of like the uh, lackeys. Like they like to, they're almost like the, um, I think his like, name was like LaFleur or whatever to Gaston. <laughs> Kids has been watching a ton of Beauty and the Beast lately, so there's a lot of my references. But um, where it's like, they like to trail after the other numbers and it's like, oh yeah, I'll help you out. So all of them always relate to every other number on the board, but never other ones. Cause it's like, they're all desperate to be the most impressive like lackey. Nice. Um, like fours are kind of like more uh, guardian style where it's like a lot of fours will neutralize other powers or like because the board is built as you play to form a five by five grid fours will block where it's like nothing can go to the left of this like this is the end of the board unless any other cards are already past it so you can start like dictating the parameters you know nice. um, the threes are incredibly prissy and do not like to be in the presence of any other threes because they feel like they're being outshined. So all the threes are really good unless any of them are in the same row or column as another three, in which case they're terrible. Like they're, they're like the worst cards to play. So everyone's desperate to get those threes out as fast as possible if they get them. <laughs> nice. Little things like that. And, nice. um, yeah. So you ne so you never answered my question. Just to let you know, you did you did a really good it's, explanation. But are, is it going to be physically seen on the card, or is it like just art style? Do you mean or in yes? Because you're all about aesthetic, so I want to know. If possible, yes. I um what I am no artist at all. My stick figures usually have lopsided limbs, and their heads are kind of more ovally as opposed to round. But if I can find some way for somebody to aesthetically make that happen that would be fantastic cool okay um, cool and what well, would be great, great is i would only need five pictures because there's only five numbers <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah. no i like it i want you to send that to me because i like that idea and i think that i think just thinking about that and you think in just because i'm a dad and i have a kid i'm thinking logan fucking love that he just would think that that's just a good idea you know even if you didn't ha even if you didn't have the art in front of me or in front of him, he'd be like, he'd be like, you know, I could I could see him just taking a car and being like, oh, I'm a one, you know, I love all you guys, but I hate these other ones, you know. That kind of thing. So I think that's a great idea. Yeah, okay, you, keep going, keep going. Let's keep um, this train you know, of course, like I always think, like Euro games. I'm like, oh man, I would love to have a game where you actually make real adventurers. I have no idea how that would happen. Uh, <laughs> the the other game that I have been working on lately, though, is, uh, like I was saying before, the idea of like changing stuff up a little bit. There's a game called Birdie Fight. It's another 5x5 five five grid game where it's like in each of the five rows and columns, there's victory points at the end. There's numbers one through seven, and you play those birds. But the trick of the game is the last card in your hand is your affiliate. 
So it's like you only score the columns where that color is the highest. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. I'm like, birds, all my friends would be like, yeah, birds are dumb. So I was like, well, you know, a lot of people are in political strife right now and unhappy. So I made it like, it's the end of times. People flock to one of four things, be it religion or radicals or like, you know, like, um, like underground groups and stuff like that. I changed the number spectrum up instead of one through seven. I made two ones, two twos, and then three, four, five. This way it's like, you know, a little more balanced. I also added a couple of like shutdown cards, like government cards where they just squash things. Mm -hmm. Um, and that is basically so like there can also be a small amount of burn cards each game. Like I made it a few more cards in birdie fight because in birdie fight, it's cool because, you know, like you can predict what cards people have and how many or whatever. But I'm like, well, if there's a few burn cards, kind of like that love letter feel, you can't guarantee everything. And I kind of like that a little more in my beer and pretzels where it's like um, this way, if you're not paying at, like, you know, if people are just relaxing and having a good time with it neat um prototyping this thing cost me probably 30 cents i cut index cards in half that's my deck and i just basically had some scrabble tiles from an old you know worn out copy of scrabble uh just put a sticker over the letter and then write the victory point thing so this way we put everything face down shuffle them up put them in the five by five and flip them over this way it's random point assignment so you don't know and it worked out pretty well. Uh, granted, we only playtested like four times. So far, people had fun. It definitely had my fa- my favorite thing in the playtesting of this was somebody was down to two cards, and I saw them smile, and they were like, I don't know who I want to make win. <laughs> like, they had that interesting choice where both things were appealing, but they can only get one of it, yeah. and that felt good. Like, I mean, granted, yeah, the game is not uh, really that original because it's like... 90% like this other game it was still fun to see that yeah. you know and that that's pretty much like the bulk of it like other stuff was just like uh, and the wrestling dice game that we discussed a while ago mm-hmm. you know and apparently I've had an obsession with an Agricola game with Siege Engines lately so who knows maybe I'll try to make something of that <laughs> but that's pretty much it nice nice um, I only have a few things and again when I first started thinking of, of games that I wanted to make I wanted to think of something that Logan could play just because I thought it'd be kind of fun the first game I came up with is the one I kind of mentioned before. It was it's the Spacebug Millionaire. It's basically a it's an auction game of a, a millionaire millionaires living in space, not knowing what to do. So they're just gonna be at this auction trying to buy a bunch of random shit that's basically off of media stuff, old movies and stuff like that. You know, in in our world, but you know, in there it could be you know something that's you know a little different. So I have like. And just to kind of get Logan kind of attached to it, I actually asked him to draw some stuff. And that's kind of where he, you know, started getting a little interested in it because he, I was like, here is what our real world thing looks like. Like, I did one of them's like, uh, Bender. I was like, Bender for Futurama. I was like, do something like that. He made something where the arms and the legs looked awesome, and then he ran out of room, so I'm going to show Dan. And the, he- the head is kind of smushed and weird <laughs> but i fucking love it 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 looks amazing and then he made uh uh mogwai what's his name i can't think of his name from uh gremlins um uh, but anyway the good guy and he made it and it looks 
phenomenal. That is I pretty just, dope. I was like, man, I'm like, this is, you know, my kid is not an artist by any any stretch of the, but he's actually he does pretty good for what he has. And then, <laughs> and then one of my favorite ones. It's it's almost a not safe for work edition of it, but he made it and I laugh. I had him made a uh, I made what what's called a UFO unidentified farting object. Um, it looks like someone holding a dick and something's coming out of it. So I just, I just <laughs> can't help but laugh. I'm like yeah, I'll have to rework it a little bit, but it's still awesome. So basically, it's a hidden, half hidden, half not hidden auction game where the first card you put in. You can show them how much money you're bidding on it. Then the next one is hidden. Then the next one is not. And you just keep going until you feel like you want to stop for the bidding. But also there's uh, everybody has a special ability cards that they can use during it too when they draw their deck. And I just thought that would be kind of fun. And having him do the art is it's cool. So, you know, putting that all together, it's just the, the thing that stopped it is that Logan... I showed Logan the Predator face, and I wanted him to draw that, and he got scared and was like, I'm not drawing that, so that's where we... <laughs> so just just know your artist, people. Um, so that's where it's come with that. Um, the other game I'm that I just kind of came up on a whim is my, my wife really loves going to the casino. I don't as much just because I'd rather spend money on board games than spending on possibly winning more money. But uh, just... I was like, man, I don't think I've ever seen a slot machine board game. And I was like, that that would be fun, you know? But I'm having trouble making it fun. That's where my trouble is. Because when you when you do something like that, like going to a casino and watching all the the lights and the fanfare of it, you know, it's all like, ooh, shiny and a lot, mostly everything now is animated and stuff like that, so you get all this like, you know, all this cool animation and shit like that. So it's hard for me to come up with something that will come out. So I, you know, I made certain tiles. I called, I called mine rock slots because it sounds kind of dirty, but it also sounds kind of cool. And then I did certain uh, icons and stuff like that. And then I had to work out, you know, what's going to pay out for the different lines and stuff like that. And that's, I'm having trouble with that. I'm having trouble seeing it. Uh, Tracy actually came up with a good idea. She said, you know what, you've got some, you need some blank, some see-through cards where you can put, the little icons in between and then you can it can show the lines and you can kind of see what's going on you know one of the things that i thought would could could kind of make it good is that everybody has their own rock slots machine and you play to a certain point so you get 20 bucks you put in a quarter each time see who gets to 50 dollars quicker also you know i i feel like it needs something else and that's just something i have to work on and then lastly we've talked about it as uh, apple orchard Finally, i came up with this idea because my dad has been planting a lot of trees and he's like yeah you know i, I planted this tree over here but it's got to it's got to have this little it's got to have a box around it because then if some outside if it gets too much water in and it gets too uh, too many outside things it could die or it could wilt or whatever and then I went online and read a bunch about apple tree stuff. And I'm like, holy shit, there is a lot about apple trees. Some of them can grow by themselves. Some have to grow with other things. Or some have to, can't grow unless they're next to other trees. So I'm not going to make it that crunchy where it's just like, okay, you need to have this. You need to have that. But maybe it would be something where, you know, maybe there's an event where there, you know, it's a bad harvest. Or, you know, maybe it, it, it just got cold that day or something like that. And that round could be something that's different. 
I was going to say, it's like uh, when you're doing all that research, isn't it? You're like, oh, yeah, that's why I don't have my own orchard in thousands of dollars. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And, and and that's another reason why, why it's hard to make something like this because I, I know nothing about the subject. So when I'm reading up on this kind of stuff, I'm like, okay, I have to include stuff in the game that seems realistic. But at the same time, I don't want to make it so realistic that someone goes, hey, that's not right. <laughs> and you're like, I know it's a game, you know, but you know a lot of people will do that. Yeah, people are like actually the pH balance of the soil needs to be in the four point three, not really a three point nine. Like, and you're like, okay, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Not I'm going to argue this board game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so those are all the only you know three things I have. I think I had an idea a long time ago, but it's long since passed. <laughs> so I can't even remember it off the top of. But, you know, it just goes to show, like, if you have these ideas, write them down, go online, find some people that are interested, you know, say, hey, this is what I've got. You know, is there any advice? There's so, me and Dan were talking about, there's just so many Facebook and Twitter groups that, you know, there's a lot of different ways, you know, you can even talk to us. You can even send us something our way and say, hey, I've got this grandiose idea. I love these certain things, but there's this one little thing that there's one little thing that I don't like. What can I do? You know, there's a lot of times if you can just get that other view on it, there it may be something that may change the game. <laughs> so, I, I like the clever laugh. Uh, like I said, I mean, I still, you know, it's funny. Uh, I because I love listening to the old episodes of your podcast. Uh, I went back to the very first time we did a crossover episode. And we actually talked about how everyone should definitely try to make their own game at some point. Like, it's there's just something about when you do it, you're like, oh, this is awesome. Or, you know, I never thought about this. I still say to this day, do it. Give it a spin. Try something out. See what you can do. Because, you know what? As much as we're saying, like, oh, it's this work and it's this thing, it's still awesome to do. Yeah. Yeah. And just to say you, know? you have something, I mean, I mean, just every time me and Dan talk about it, I get giddy. I'm like... Well, obviously, I need to go back and I need to start working on this because if it's a thing, you know, it would just it would even if it's just something that my friends and family play, I already through the through the roof. Um, now, I, oh, I just thought of it. I just thought of the game that I actually made that I actually liked that I should have done a little bit more. It was a uh, it was a game where it's trampoline. It was like a trampoline, and then you have you have so many people on it, and then. During, you know, depending upon what you're doing, if you're jumping up or if you're laying down or if you're trying to jump around, jump over, you know, there's a positioning and then you have to be the last one that's not left on this trampoline or you have to be the last one left on the trampoline trying to get everybody else out of it. There's even parts where like if the other person is near the edge of the trampoline and you both jump up, well, you knock that guy out because they're on the edge. And I was like, man, I just... I wish I would have done more with that. And I had, I actually took pictures of Logan and my niece and I put them together and it was a nice little thing, but apparently, uh, but uh, eventually we were cleaning up and I lost some stuff and it was like, oh man, I really wish I would have kept that and I scrapped it. And I wish I would have just kept even what I had. I could have just redone what I had and it would have been cool to work on it again. You know what, man? Try to try to see what you can find from your old notes or whatever, and just salvage that idea. That sounds yeah, pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it was a lot. I mean, when you know, when my niece and, and Logan played with it, you know, they loved the idea because I mean, who doesn't like what little kid doesn't like jumping on a trampoline? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, for what it's worth, as fun as this has been, unfortunately, it is a very late night at the Simmons household, and there is always work in the morning. 
I wish it's uh, working on my game, however. Yeah, and that will be eventually. We're gonna <sighs> we're gonna make these updates. It's gonna be fun. We'll we'll kind of keep you abreast about what's going on. All right. So on that note. <laughs> so we'll talk to you next time. This is Kurt. And this is Dan. This was the MFG Cast. Legends of Tabletop Podcast, creating legends one die at a time.